people want to be validated and people need unconditional love. Mm -hmm. And when people feel freed up, they will trust us to open up and share. And that's where we need to create experiences and venues with people in our space that we can talk about anything and, and you will be loved. You won't be judged or condemned. Yes. We can just have an open, open conversation. And, and that's what, that's what people need to know. I think people will share more if they know that they're not going to be looked upon or condemned for their choices or lack thereof. I'm flying solo today, so you have to bear with me. But today's conversation is so inspiring for a couple different reasons. The husband that we're going to talk to is responsible for leading the greatest comeback in NFL history and is the current head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. And along with his wife, they've started an incredible organization called Not Today that they're going to share about. Enjoy this inspiring conversation with Frank and Linda Reich. Hey friends, I'm Chris Bennett and I'm here with my beautiful wife, Julie. Hey everyone. Together, we're going to explore the life-changing power of family. So pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee and join us on Finding Family. We are so excited to have our, our guests with us today, and you're going to get to hear from Frank and Linda Reich, and um, they do some amazing work that we're going to jump into today. Um, but some of you guys might know Frank, he spent 14 years in the NFL, most epically known for what was known as the comeback, January 3rd, 1993, which I was watching, by the way, and I hate to say it, I was a Dallas Cowboy fan, but was rooting for you for sure. Um, but you, Frank is currently the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, and they are just doing a lot of work to see people experience freedom in amazing ways. So uh, anyways, I want to welcome you guys. Thanks for making time to join us. Thank you, Chris. It's our pleasure. Well, I would love to just kind of start and, and hear a little bit about you guys. I know that you all have got three girls and, and your grandparents, but kind of walk us through your journey of connecting and tell us a little bit about your family. Well, you hit it. I mean, we have three grown daughters and three son-in-laws and two granddaughters and one on the way. So we are soon to be grandparents of three. So we're very blessed and have had an incredible journey. Um, not always, not always smooth journey. Life is full of rocky roads, but we're very thankful. We, we, uh, we met uh, such a long, you know, we met in high school. We were uh, not high school sweethearts, just a, a little quick background there, but we were like best friends in high school and then went our separate ways for college and then reconnected uh, in college and then uh, got married shortly thereafter. Um, and now we've been 35, 36 years. So 36 next 30, week, 36, actually. 36 next week. Wow. Well, congratulations. That's amazing. Well, so I know, you know, Frank, you spent a lot of years, again, it was 14 years, I believe, in the NFL as a quarterback. And then how many years have you been in coaching? Uh, since 2008 was my first full-time year. So the last 14. And I saw somewhere in there, you went to seminary and you were a pastor. Is this true? Yes, that is true. Uh, you know, finished playing while I was still playing, you know, played 14 years. The last two years, I started attending seminary. You know, I had a lot of opportunities to share my faith as a as a player, right? And that the, the typical thing is to share your testimony 
And, uh, and I loved doing that. And it was, it was, a, it was a blessing to do that. But, you know, my, my parents were high school teachers and I was a little bit wired to be a teacher slash coach. And so I wanted to be able to do more than just share my testimony. I had an experience where once I really started committing my life to reading the Bible, it radically transformed my life. And I just wanted to be able to share that. And so uh, I think it was my background as a football player that made me appreciate the preparation that's needed. And so I know seminary is not for everybody, but it was really Linda and I both have a seminary degree. We both have master of divinity degrees. Um, we've taught a lot of Bible study. It's been a big part of our life, you know, in whatever aspect as player, coach and everything in between. Well, it's been fun just from an outsider perspective, watching you use that from the platform that God's given you, whether it's in press conferences or different settings. It's really, really powerful to see. Um, Linda, I'd love to hear from you just briefly. What, what was the hardest part and the best part about being a coach's wife? Well, probably the hardest part is uh, transitioning and moves. I think uh, over our 36 years of marriage, we've probably moved at least 30 sometimes. So we're, we, we, we laugh about the NFL. We're kind of roving, roving pilgrims and missionaries across the country. So, uh, it, 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 so that's probably been the most challenging thing. Um, I think the most, the blessing is to be able to just enjoy every different city. You know, we would take our children from city to city to city. And instead of having the perspective of, oh, this is drudgery, it's awful. We said, look, this is a new adventure and God is going to be with us and it's going to be exciting. Let's just enjoy the city. Let's go investigate everything the new city has to offer. And we just looked at it as a new adventure and we were just almost excited about transition. It's, it's, you know, when you move so many times and and then you're planted at one place for a couple of years, you think, Oh my gosh, I'm I'm ready to go somewhere else now. (laughs) Part of our journey. Yeah. Yeah. And I I know sure briefly before we got on just with our kids, you know, we leaving Oklahoma, leaving kind of everything comfortable that we knew, but then moving to a new place. And that was kind of our same sense is we had no idea what the adventure would look like, but it was a new opportunity. And I look now a few years in um, our kids are better because of it. You know, they've seen new things and been exposed to new people and they've learned how to think, love people and be more adaptable, you know, through all the transitions. So I can imagine that being the same thing, you know, for your, your kids as well. Um, well, tell me a little bit, uh, about not today. Why don't you kind of share what it is? And I'd really love to know kind of how it all began ultimately. Well, it's interesting. I'll just start with uh, family. That's the crux of it. Moving all around the country, um, having three young daughters. Uh, Frank was gone a lot and I had to make some some interesting decisions with play dates and people in our communities and all new people, people you didn't know, wanting your children to be here and there. And and I was always very protective of our children and and wondering, you know, I was I was that mother that would be like, well, no, they can come over to our house for a play date and then blah, 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 blah. And one thing led to the next. I think that I've had so many experiences ever since I was a young girl with friends and um, a lot of friends through elementary school to middle school to high school, all through college and beyond that have had incidences as young children with sexual abuse, albeit a family member or a trusted neighbor or an uncle or something. And I've seen the implications of that. Yeah. So I, that was really the impetus to start the Not Today Foundation, just because I have seen and we have seen in many, many years of, of experiential things with friends and people that we've known, plus a lot of research across the country and the world, just how insidious and pervasive this is across the United States. Well, 
And, and can you even maybe even be more specific? Like what are the, cause I know like as far as what you guys are about is to really generate awareness and initiate prevention strategies, um, to really protect, it sounds like kids, the vulnerable, um, what does that practically look like in terms of how you guys do that? We're, we're really trying to be a catalyst, um, you know, and really be on the front end of connecting people and resources. Um, what's been really encouraging as, you know, when you go out to fight this battle and you start talking about protecting children from sexual exploitation, trafficking and abuse, right? There's a lot of people that jump on board and say, hey, that's terrible. What can we do to help? And that's been really encouraging. So, you know, how, how can we use our platform to unite people together to fight this battle to protect children? Um, and so, as you just said, there's, we, we have those three buckets of awareness, prevention and restoration. So everything we do is in one of those buckets. There's a lot of examples of that. I'll let Linda highlight maybe some of the things we do with law enforcement and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. And, th and that's the thing. I think there are a lot of good people who, who want to help, but they don't know what to do. So it really is an opportunity for us to, to really vet and, and do a lot of research in this space. We're doing a lot of work with our local law enforcement um, legislation. We bought a dog hunter who um, he, just like the drug dogs that go in at the airports and detect drugs, he detects the acid and the smell in technology and SIM cards. So there are a lot of ICAC units. What? I know, how about it? Internet crimes against children units across the country. And these SIM cards and phones and, and technology are so small. So especially people who perpetuate or produce child pornography to sell, which obviously increases the demand for this issue across the country. Um, they hide these in their homes or offices or all around the place. So when there's a cyber tip, um, they will take Hunter, our dog in, and he will sniff out these SIM cards where human beings could not detect them because they're hidden in, in the craziest places. So um, that's just one sample of what we do as far as just working in that realm, in technology, in AI, supporting law enforcement, just creating tools, um, going around and just talking from the FBI to our local local senators, representatives, attorney generals, uh, just saying, what can we do? What do you need? What tools would help you? in this issue across the country. And uh, so we are honored to have so many people right. and the support that we've garnered to be able to make the impact that we've made this far. It's unbelievable. Um, I, I feel like, or I would wonder, you know, in, in terms of awareness, it, it seems like there's so many people that are actually just unaware of a lot of the issues that are going on that people are dealing with and that um, especially in the areas of trafficking and even as it relates to the impact of pornography that funnels into trafficking in a lot of ways, uh, have you guys been surprised by, as you've gone and shared the lack of awareness that people actually have about the issue? No doubt. And that's another reason why we started doing this. When, when I became the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, Lynn and I immediately sat down and said, okay, this, we've got this incredible platform. What we're going to, what are we going to do? And she was like, well, we're going to start this foundation. We're going to call it not today. We're, you know, because she had all, we had already been fighting. She had really been on the forefront, had worked with some organizations, counseled, so on and so forth. And I said, yeah, but we're in the Midwest. And, you know, when we were in San Diego and your border state, you know, you understand some of that stuff, but what's been the awareness part is this is everywhere. This isn't just on the border states. It's in east, west, south, north, midwest, and it takes different forms. It doesn't always look the same. Um, 
but it's out there and, and it is trafficking, but then there is just the element of just sexual abuse and exploitation. That's or in essence, small little rings of things going on in neighborhoods um, or communities that, that are just horrific when, when you find out what's happening. Yeah, I was just reading, you know, looking at Matthew where you just see how many times Jesus talked about, you know, to come into the kingdom, you have to come like a little child and his strong admonition of if you hurt one of these, it's worse than you might have a millstone tied around your neck. I mean, it, it is at the core of God's heart of caring for the marginalized and those that have no voice and those that can't defend themselves. And, you know, if Julie was on here, she could share. She went through sexual abuse when she was uh, a teenager as well. And it had a huge impact on her life, you know. And so she's so passionate now about, well, how do I help use my story and my voice to be an advocate, which is, you know, what you guys are doing as well. Um, from a family standpoint, is this something that your girls are involved in with the work? Very much so. Um, our oldest daughter is is working with the Not Today Foundation, um, and all of our children have a, a hand and, and a passion for what we're doing, and they're they're all in. Uh, we're going to be having our first annual fundraiser coming up April twenty third, and my whole family's flying in. All the children are very very passionate about about the mission. Everybody just wants to do everything they can within our family just to just perpetuate the impact that we're able to make. Um, I'd be curious for you guys where, I mean, Frank, I know you're an off season, but there's probably not really an off season. I would, I would imagine. And, uh, your, your margin I'm sure is, is, you know, smaller, um, throughout the year, but I'm always fascinated by husband and wives that partner together. And I know that can look lots of different ways, but what does partnership look like for you guys, Frank, with like your capacity, how have you been able to, you know, come alongside Linda and serve and help her? No, there's no doubt that we, everything we do is a partnership, right? Everything. And that doesn't mean equal time and equal resources and everything, right? I'm, I'm a football coach, you know? So she's, Linda's not calling plays on Sunday, even though every now and then after a game, she might suggest something. <laughs> um, but I just, I just remind her, or as she reminds me, we'll stay in our lane, so to speak. Um, but no, we, we partner together. And so like, I know when I'm stepping out on the football field to coach a football game or anything with any job or ministry that I've been involved with, I know we're locked together. Uh, I know that I'm being prayed for, supported in every way and shape and fashion there is. And it's the same for her. Um, you know, when she's out on the front lines of this fight, even though I can't put equal time into it, Every night I get home, every night we're debriefing, you know, I mean, it's that it's 10 o'clock and, or even during the season, it might be later than that. I'm getting home and Hey, we're debriefing what's going on. And then, you know, we, we, we pray every night, every night we pray and about those things, about family, about the fight of not today to four children specifically. Um, that, that's just how we've always approached it. I love that. Well, I think you may have already answered this, but but what would you say is if you had to say, hey, this is the secret weapon, this is the key ingredient to have a lasting, loving, 35, nearly 36 year marriage, what would you say? Oh, my goodness. Um, I think granting each other a lot of grace, just like God has granted us. We are all sinful, messed up human beings and we need to just love each other where we are, respect each other. Um ask for forgiveness, accept forgiveness, and um, just keep moving. Yeah, I would echo that. I mean, you know, we, you know, we push real hard, you know, we want to make an impact. Uh, we're, we're locked together, but 
as Linda said, it's not easy. So, you know, that makes it hard sometimes because it's intense. And, you know, sometimes the more intense and emotional things are and the more you're pulled in different directions, the easier it is for, you know, for the evil one to kind of get a foothold somewhere along the line. And so we just have to keep short accounts and, and be gracious with one another. And but at the same time, we are great by God's grace. That I, I believe that happens most of the time. But make no mistake about it. I don't know. Maybe this is just us, but um, but we push each other like we challenge each other. You know, this is this is, you know, like in our family, status quo is not good enough. I mm. mean, we give each other. That's the blend that I really as we get out and minister and talk to people that we can be very gracious with you, with each other. But that doesn't mean it's a free pass to be lazy yeah. and not to do what you're supposed to do. There's that blend. There's that combination of we can challenge, encourage and push each other, but also give each other grace and mercy. And I, that's the way to be dynamic, I believe, you know, so that's that's what we try to do. Okay. I'm fired up now. I was like, that was the coach coming out. I'm like, I'm 43. I don't know if you need like an eight former eighth grade quarterback to come in. Just, I don't know. I'll send you my contact info. Um, can you tell me a story, um, of someone that has been impacted through not today? I mean, it could be somebody in the NFL or just a person that you've been able to come, anything come to mind. That's like a story you'd want to share. Oh my goodness. There's so many, I don't even know where to start. I, I guess it, it, <laughs> One thing that's a really big issue for us right now, among any other things, is we had a woman we get obviously probably like you all, uh, Chris, we get so many people reaching out to not today, um, giving us stories. And can you call us and what do you recommend? And so uh, we found out through um, a number of circumstances, this woman reached out to us and told us that um, through a school assembly her young daughter disclosed that she was being sexually abused by her stepdad and the mother had no idea, no idea. So um, how she's going to be speaking at our bowling event or upcoming not today event. And one of our big initiatives is educating within schools because there these children who have grown up with the thought that being preyed upon and violated is normalized, Mm. that they don't even know it's wrong. So this this little girl, if it wouldn't have been for the education in schools, would have never disclosed and found out and started the restoration and emotional healing process. Um, So that is a big, big part of one of our initiatives just to create uh, opportunities are all of the monies that we're, we're raising in this next event that we're having will be going to creating resources so that. Hunter and the ICAC units and educators can go into schools and educate and do assemblies within schools because many schools don't have anything at all for children. Nothing because teachers are overworked. Counselors are overworked. Guidance counselors are overworked. So we're saying, okay, we'll provide the manpower. We'll provide the education and we'll provide the dollars. Here you go. So anything that we can do. So that's just one story of, of, of an, I mean, there, there are a multiplicity of stories, but that's one. And we're really, really excited about what we can do educationally so these children can know it's not okay. And when our kids were young, I remember the biggest challenges we faced consistently were finding healthy habits and routines to help us in the morning and the evening to stay connected, which is why we're so excited to partner with our friends at Loam. If you go to withloam.com backslash finding family, 
Enter in the code Finding Family. Our listeners will get one month free. And on there, you're going to find routines, healthy habits, and even some Bennett family routines that we've used over the years. So check it out and enjoy this episode sponsored by Loam. And another way you can help support the show and be more connected to the Finding Family community is join our Patreon group. You'll receive bonus interviews, exclusive content, a monthly Q&A with me and Julie, and lots and lots more. So check us out on Patreon. Wow. And I know that not today is based in Indianapolis because that's where you guys are, but isn't this something that you guys are wanting to see kind of multiply out? Yeah, it really is. I mean, part of the vision when when we sat down, as I said, when I got here as the co-chair and Linda and I talked about what what we would do, how to amplify um, this way to protect children. And really the vision was we would start here in Indianapolis and make Indy, make Indianapolis like a model, make that the first step. Yeah. And really the ultimate vision would be to continue to expand into NFL cities maybe starting first with ones that we've, we've lived in or worked in. So, um, you know, that's the, it's, it's in the early stages, you know, our organization is three, you know, going on four years old from the very beginning stages, you know, cause I've been here for four, we've been here for four years. So, you know, really in the next few years, we'll begin to branch out um, into NFL cities, God willing. And it uh, looks like we're on the path to do that. So um, it really is, it really goes all throughout the United States and we travel and, you know, we travel and are connected with so many people around the country. Um, Linda's constantly on the road in Texas. She's been everywhere, you know, talking. Mm-hmm. To people. So it, it's a great opportunity. Yes, Thank this you. year, actually, we, we had an opportunity to speak at the Super Bowl breakfast. So we had a great platform there to be able to share um, the issue of, of sexual abuse and exploitation and trafficking of children. So that was, that was incredible. We, we, we have an alliance with many, many organizations across the country and that's the hope, you know, we have to do this together. It takes more than just one organization and we all have to get together and say, let's make an impact together. So we've been reaching out and networking and say, how can we help? How can we serve? What does your organization need? What can we do better? So it has been, it has been an ongoing process of really a lot of due diligence, a lot of prayer, a lot of, um, a lot of work, quite frankly, but you know, that's just what it's about to get stuff done. Wow. Amazing. Well, just, just a few more questions. Um, on a practical note, you know, as people are listening, I think, you know, I'm listening to this and it stirs me and then it's always like, well, what do I, what can we do about it? And I think sometimes people, you get awareness and then it's like, well, okay, great. Now what? And I know you guys do a lot to give people really practical ways that they can partner. What would you say would be the best way that people could come alongside, find out more information about what you're doing? Well, I'll just, I'll give a quick word and then Linda can follow up. But like one of the things that Linda and the team have done, put together a child protection awareness guide and educate yourself, you know, educate yourself and the people in your family and in your community, in your churches, Um, take it to your schools, take it to your churches. So we made a little uh, child protection guide that's, that's easily digestible. It's, you know, it's in pamphlet form. Um, It's on our website. Um, and, and talk to your children about it. Talk to your children. There are age appropriate ways to talk to children and get educated on what that looks like. And some of those resources are on our website. Yeah, no, and and absolutely. And and I would echo that. I think that's a big thing. I think people just need to understand that uh, it, they're they're 
their children are, they need to be protected and they're very vulnerable. You know, obviously the internet is a wonderful tool on many, in many ways, but it's also uh, an area where predators really creep into cell phones, to technology and um, really prey on young children and individuals. So uh, don't assume anything with your child, talk to your child, keep an open communication, you know, all those things that we have in our guide. And obviously want to learn more, go to our website, you know, nottoday.org, go to our website, find out more information, ways you can help and serve and um, pray for, pray for, protecting children across the country. Um, it's, it's, it's a really pervasive issue in the United States yeah. and it's getting, it's getting more challenging, um, in our country. Yeah. So good. We'll, we'll include the link, um, in the notes. Um, but I, maybe just, I, I think about so many things my kids have heard at school that we're having to go back and work through after the fact, you know, I mean, especially when moving out to LA, they were exposed to some a lot of things that in Oklahoma, you know, maybe you didn't hear about for a couple of years later, but I think kids are being exposed to things a lot earlier, whether that's pornography because of smartphones or just things kids talk about. So I think what you're, what, what I love is that you're saying, Hey, as parents, we've got to be on the front end of this. How would you encourage parents just in a practical way to kind of be proactive and having conversations with their kids? Yeah. I just kind of case in point. Um, and then I'll let Linda follow up, but uh, just last night, we were having a conversation with a good friend um, who has a teenage daughter. And he said in the last month, I, I believe he said there's been 12 times in the last month that on the Internet, she has been approached by someone on the Internet and 12 times in the last month. Mm-hmm. And so um, this is happening. Right. And so what do we do? Listen, we don't want to freak our children out. Right. Nobody wants to freak. Right. We all understand that we can't have them walk around scared to death. Yeah, the fear thing, yeah. Fear thing. We don't we don't want that to happen. That's not what we're trying. We're not trying to promote that, right? But you got to we got to figure out what's the right way to what's the right way to do it. And you know, we're we're trying to do that on our end with the, some of the resources that we have, but it really just starts with becoming aware of the problem and then figuring out within your own family, your own context, the people that you can impact. What's the right way to do that? And when we talk about family, uh, obviously um, finding family, I mean, that that's family, your, your network of people who you share values with, who you care about, who you bring into the fold, who you encourage support, just keeping open lines of communication. Yes. And, and I think a big deal for us is to people need to know two things. People want to be validated and people need unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And when people feel freed up, they will trust us to open up and share. And that's where we need to create experiences and venues with people in our space that we can talk about anything and, and you will be loved. You won't be judged or condemned. Yes. We can just have an open, open conversation. And, and that's what, that's what people need to know. I think people will share more if they know that they're not going to be looked upon or condemned for their choices or lack thereof. Come on, preach. So good. Um, all right. Last question. Frank, this is a football question. My son, Nate, I have three boys. My 16-year-old is a quarterback, dreams to be in the NFL one day. Um, so just let me know, if, again, if you're looking for uh, – no, I'm kidding. Um, but he, I, I was driving to school today. I said, okay, what would you want to ask uh, Coach Reich? And he said, I, I've noticed the caliber of quarterbacks that he's brought in from you know having Phillip Rivers there and then Carson Wentz and, and now Matt Ryan. He just said, what, what is it that he looks for when he's looking for a quarterback? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I look for, I look for five things. Um, um, I look for toughness. 
mental and physical toughness, competitive toughness, right? Just a, a willingness to fight the fight. You know, it's not easy. It's a hard position to play. Um, there's going to be ups and downs, but you have to compete to win. You have to compete to bring out the best in others. So that competitive toughness is a big deal. Um, you also look for, you know, you also look for, uh, you know, a guy to be a playmaker, you know, and all these apply to life too, right, Chris, you know, somebody who just can figure out hey, when, when there's a critical moment in the game or there's a critical moment in your family's life and, and, and somebody has to step up to the plate and make the play, make the next decision, execute to try to solve the problem that's just come, you know, the quarter, that quarterback's got to be able to be able to lead to solve that problem. Um, I won't go through all five, but the last one I'll just tell you is what I call it the X factor. Um, you know, that, that is the ability to bring out the best in other people. Um, you know, that special it factor, that servant's heart, um, the combination of what I like to say, the combination of confidence and humility, right? That, that per, you have to be confident, you have to be strong, you have to have strong convictions, you have to believe in yourself that you can get it done, but you also have to have a humility that you can't do it alone, that you can get better, that you can learn, you can grow. Okay, I'm in, I'm in. So good. So well, good. Let, let me, if I, if I may just oh, just please. follow up with I may just follow up with the last thing. It's kind of comical, but um, we we are kind of a competitive family. All of us, all of our children are athletes, and Pick it up on know, that. Yeah. so we we're, we're a little pipe bears, uh, you know. True confession, but we we we've always had like this these family creeds, these things that we live by, these these visual creeds we've had on the wall. But it always finishes with Reich's finish strong. Ooh. And that's that's our family motto. Reich's finish strong. And, and it's in every realm. You know, if you're going to do it, get in both feet and give it all you have. So just kind of following up with uh, with kind of the things that he looks for in a quarterback. So got to finish strong. Incredible. You guys are amazing. Well, I could ask you a million more questions, but I want to honor your time. I, I just want to say thank you guys for who you are more than anything, more than just what you do for who you guys are and be an example in marriage and parenting and all the things. And, um, we need more examples. We need people to look to that. We can say, okay, that's somebody I want to, I want to follow. And we don't have a lot of those today. And, um, you guys are that. And just thank you for using the platform that God's given you guys with excellence, with intentionality to, to do things that are at the core of his heart. And, um, I'm excited about not today. And if there's anything in the world we can do to serve and support it, we want to do that. So thank you guys for making some time. And hopefully one day you can meet my wife and we can see each other face to face one day. That'd, that'd be, be great. That'd be great. We look Give forward to that. Best. Thanks for giving us the space today to talk about some of these things that are really important in the fight to protect children. Go Colts. Thank you so much for listening today. The best way you can help us get this message of family out to the world is by taking a minute to subscribe, leave a rating and review, and please share. You can also visit our site, findingfamilypodcast.com, and follow us on Instagram to stay connected. And one more thing. Have you ever listened to an episode and found yourself wanting to hear more from our guests or thought, man, I'd sure love to get more connected with Chris and Julie? I know you have. If so, you can become a member of our Finding Family Patreon and receive exclusive content and ways to interact with us and our community. Just go to findingfamilypodcast.com and subscribe. Thanks again to our sponsors at Loam. You can learn more by going to withloam.com backslash finding family. This episode was produced by Dave Hanso and edited by Will Cotterall and is a production of Welcome Home Entertainment. Original music written and performed by Drew Holcomb.